Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, this is Susan, Inside Yorkshire, and today I'm sat in Reith Fire Station talking to Phil Alderson, who is the watch manager. I got that right, Phil? You have, yes. <laughs> right, so thank you very much for coming and agreeing to talk to me, or at least for letting me come to you, which is what I've done. No problem. Right. Now, firstly, what I wanted to ask you was, um, I understand that the fire service here is a bit different to the fire service that you would get in a city or a town where they're full-time. You're actually retained firemen, aren't you, here? We are, yes. Uh, the difference between a retained station and a full-time station is normally the uh, firefighters are on station all the time, uh, likes of Richmond, uh, North Allerton, that area. Uh, don't, re- don't have a bleeper on them as such, uh, where out in the rural areas where Reith and Hawes and Laban, we uh, attend after an alert has sounded in our pockets or on our, uh, on our side. And then we go around to the fire station to find out what what incident we've got to go to. So you have to actually live within live and work within a certain a certain distance of the fire station, don't you? So you can respond quickly. Uh, they recommend that you that you live and work within four minutes of the fire station, approximately. But they do give a bit of leeway, and actually the alerters uh, pick up. Uh, the signal for a, a fair distance actually so we have we have known it go off in low row which right. is a good three miles up the road right so, sure uh, but you've still got to get here exactly within a, within a time limit you've, presumably you've still got to get there and uh, one or two hairy rides in the car but they're not supposed to so <laughs> yeah so you you work locally don't you you work actually in Reef. i'm quite lucky that i work just around the corner so there is three or four of us that are working fairly close at hand uh, so we're we're quite we're the lucky ones really we're quite quite close to the fire station. Sure. So the well, really, the difference I think from what you've told me is that in the larger the larger areas, the larger fire stations, they're on shifts. They know when they're going to be working. You're on call twenty four seven, aren't you? You can be called out at any time. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, uh, day night, <laughs> three hundred and sixty five or sixty six days of the year. You know, if you're on call, you're on call. Um, sure. That's the main thing. Yeah. And what happens, I mean, how does that that work then with your um, employers? How do they, they must be very understanding if you're getting called out regularly. The employers are very, need to be very understanding because at times you do get called out. Uh, where I work at the garage, if I miss it, you know, if I'm missing a shift at work, uh, I have to try and make up time. Later on in the day, I go back on a night if it's, you know, if I'm just out for an hour, I might go back at night and do an extra hour. Last week, we got a big barn fire. We were away 12, 13 hours. It was a day's holiday that day. So, oh, no. So, yeah, so it is quite tight. And the 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 employers uh, are very understanding, really. Yeah, no, mm. no. Because I know um, from from what I heard that there was some because there's controlled burning at the moment as well, isn't there? You're getting people because they've been had to be very vigilant recently with all this dry weather we've with had. The, with the hot spells, yeah, you know, they've just had to be uh, you'd be a bit more careful with the barbecues on the side of the road, and mm. uh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah. 
No, uh, well, it's certainly uh, different. They, I, well, we recently did an episode with um, Stu Price, who is one of your, one of your firemen. Yeah. And uh, he was uh, he was very complimentary about it all here. <laughs> right. So so now then, um, what area do you cover? How far would you actually have to go? We we have a large area, but there's not not a lot in the area. If you say what mm. I mean, it's more moorland, uh, farmland, and grassland. Uh, the population is very low in this area, but we do travel as far as uh, probably Keld. Uh, we're on the borders with our Hawes. Mm. Our next station up that way is Hawes, so we go as far as Keld up that way. We have been further over to Kirby Stephen, uh, Tanhill the other way, mm. and then we meet with Laban and Richmond halfway between sort of Richmond and halfway between here and Leven. So it's a fair area to cover, really. And do would you then, um, if there is a major fire somewhere within Yorkshire, do you ever get called to support that or would they not? Yes, yeah, we've been to, uh, we've been to several fires in York, uh, Malton. We've been to Moor fires on the, on the east coast, uh, down near Whitby, Scarborough mm. we've been to. So yeah, there's a chance that you you know if there you is a big if there is a big attendance needed, then there is times when you might get drafted out to somewhere a little bit more obscure than your local area. So right now, then, what actually prompted you to join? I understand that Press family, family, <laughs> was it family? Uh, there is family ties. Yes, my dad was a fireman uh, here. My uncle was a family. Uh, was, two uncles have been uh, watch managers here. Uh, and Peter, my cousin, has just retired after 37 years in the in the brigade. So, yeah, it was just a bit of a family tradition. On, yeah, mm. a bit of a family tradition. Although I was a bit later in joining than than they were. They Peter joined at 18 years of age, I think, and I left it late till I was 30, really. And when they were short of one or two firefighters. So how uh, how long then, without asking how old you are? How long have you, how long have you actually I've been done about, here? I've done about seventeen years now. So right, yeah. and still enjoying it then. It, well, promotion now, isn't it? Yeah, press gang into the promotion now. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't volunteer. Yes, yeah, and I, and a hard act to follow in after Phil Bastos. So, yes, yeah, yes, no. I'm sure. Yeah, he was he was a very good watch manager up here. What sort of uh, training did you have to do when you first started? Uh, the training that I did was uh, well. You come along and you do a few nights with the with the lads, uh, just learning learning the ropes with, off them to start with, and then you have to go and do a two week course uh, down at well. I did mine between Ripon and Easingwold because we've just opened a new training centre at Easingwold and it was sort of Ripon was shut in, Easingwold was open, so I was one of the last ones in Ripon and one of the first ones at Easingwold. Uh, so most of them go to Easingwold now and it's two weeks training there and then that's when the real training starts after that. You're, uh, On the job, you, is it? Yeah, you've got quite a few courses to do as well. Mm. It might be a weekend. Uh, some some courses are, are a full week, the breathing apparatus course uh, and the pumping courses tend to be a weekend and mm. RTC courses and such. And there's about four or five of them that you've got to get in within the first year or two to to be to get yourself competent after you carry on learning all the time so Mm. I mean we have a lad on development at the moment and it'll take him a good two years to get fully competent 
So when you go out then, do you have different levels of the the firemen who go out? You have to have certain number who go out to respond. Are we, they different levels or? Uh, most, of, most of them are competent in, in the job that they do. Uh, if you get, you know, once you've done the breathing apparatus course and you've passed it, mm. you are able to go into a into a building. You know, if there was a fire, you mm. are be what the positive is positive. Uh, so that's good. Mm. Uh, but you get six riders, and most of them are competent. Uh, every now and again, you get a what they call a BA negative, where you you haven't quite qualified. You're allowed to ride on the appliance. But you're not allowed to wear BA in a in a in an incident where there's a fire. Mm. So yeah. But that's I guess how they learn as well, exactly. isn't it? By yeah, being, no, no, being there and no, actually exactly. doing it. Now then, right. Anything that you found really particularly difficult during the training? To be quite honest, I thoroughly enjoyed the training. All yeah. of although it, did you? Although it's although it is hard work and it's and it's it's you're out of your comfort comfort zone really. Uh, I mean, who doesn't want to? Run into a burning house and <laughs> with breathing apparatus on, red hot, and and you, you know yeah, you, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt and make it sure. enjoyable as well. Yes, uh, yes, you are getting assessed as well, but mm. you've got to try and enjoy it as well, and and it is enjoyable, and the lads are good as well. So, well, well, just as a slight aside, many years ago I did basic fire training because I worked on ships. On the ships, yeah, and. Uh, what I found amazing was how you can have air at the bottom yeah. if you get really down, down low, low, which is yeah. quite a good practical piece of information to know for yourself, for personal exactly. safety, isn't it? Is get down low, but how much diff- how different it <laughs> different is, the, the quality of the air is, if you just get a few, you know, a foot or so off the ground. Exactly, yeah, mm. yeah. Right, now then, anything that you, well, you liked all of it, or there was... Nothing that you weren't comfortable with. Uh, I'm, I was all right on the training. I'm finding it harder now with all the computer work and the uh, paperwork. Ah, right. To do. Yes, I think um, yes. I think that's probably the bugbear of a lot of people. Have you noticed any particular change? Well, you must have experienced changes from when you first started to now. Uh, the equipment's a lot better. Uh, you know, the better equipment's filtered through. Uh, it tends to go to the shift stations first mm. and they, they train with it, you know, and, and you tend to get some good equipment through now for uh, RTCs, your cutting gear, mm. for cutting cars up and everything is a lot better than what it was, you know, 15, 20 it, years ago. Is it lighter? I mean, the equipment generally? It is, it is, it is, uh, it isn't probably light, but uh, no. they've just started doing a battery powered one. We have a generator to run ours. Mm. Uh, they've just started doing a battery power one, which was always, you know, evolution comes around mm. and uh, uh, most stuff you can get battery powered now so they've started battery powering some of the uh, equipment that we used for RTCs. Well I, I wondered actually about the difficulties that you that you do find when you're when you are out and about because you challenging to find uh, water supplies sometimes to fight the fires when it's when we're actually thinking about fire you know, actually fighting a fire rather than road traffic accidents and things yeah, like that, yeah. to get access to water. Water, water, water is the main thing that you need. Uh, mm. You know, when you when you're fighting a fire, the first thing you would look for on the uh, on the what we call the MDT screen is either a hydrant or a place where there is open water, a beck, a stream, a river, mm. so that we only carry eighteen hundred liters of water on the actual appliance. Uh, we need to that can be gone in 
minutes. Minutes. So sure. basically, we've got to be, you know, you've got a few minutes to try and find a new water supply or rely on other appliances coming to uh, to back you to up and, and you. supply you. Yeah. So um, have you had a, a particular res- a rescue that you've found particularly challenging that you can think of? Yeah. I know you can't tell details, but... Yeah. Not... Uh, not really. I mean, we, we, it is nasty working in a local community. If there's an RTC, then generally it could be someone that you know. Sure. And that is the last thing that you ever, ever that want you to happen to you. Yes. And, and it's happened here in, in the past, and it's happened here not so long ago. And unf- it's part of, the, part of the job being living here that, you know, if something happens, it, there might be someone involved that you know, or a relative, or... Mm. Uh, so... That can happen, and difficult. That, that is, it, it would be difficult on the crew. We like to think that we treat it as a job, and you get on with it, and whatever, and then we worry about it afterwards. And uh, I was going to say, yeah, try and do. It's the it's the support afterwards, yeah, exactly. presumably. Do you yeah. have um, do you have support offered? We have we have support offered uh, at any fatality or anything like that. Mm. They do make sure that you you know if you do want anything that there's a phone number you can ring and get support. Yeah. So obviously the thing that we all think of most is that you're responding to fires, but as you say, road traffic accidents, that sort of thing. Yeah. And also other forms of rescue. You were telling me before, animal, we do animals? Animal, we do animal rescue, yeah. We've uh, rescued cows, dogs, uh, the old cattle per tree. Uh, <laughs> uh, then we've got flooding. We've got swift water rescue, which we carry out. Uh, yeah, there's... You know, quite any any amusing ones that you can think of? With the last dog we had was in a very smelly place in a, <laughs> in the middle middle of a slurry slurry pit. So oh, yeah, really? yeah, so so its youngest lad goes in first. Run because it's Right, there's been a lot of um, a lot of press coverage recently about the awful fires that have been sweeping across the states and different areas that um and then and the manchester moor fires as well that's right yeah. so uh it's uh it it really is reassuring for us to know that you're here for us because it has been like uh up until we've had this recent rain in fact even now i guess it it's is, still probably it is it is still so tinder dry though. i mean i was mm. speaking to a gamekeeper this morning and he and he put his hand in a, uh, the side of the road and he said it was damp on top but then he put his hand further down and it was still Tinder dry, so, so it, won't it take isn't over yet. Yes, it's going to take not. it's going to take a while and a lot of rain to uh, to dampen it down mm. to make it really really safe. Uh, and it is a worry with the amount of area that we have covering grassland, moorland, and everything in our area. The last thing we want is a mm. is a big moor fire. And if you, I mean, obviously you've you've been to moor fires in the past. How do you actually manage physically in that situation? Because we see pictures of. Uh, of people out fighting the fires then and it looks like it's very very it, it's a lot of hard work isn't it's it? uh, it's hard work uh, it's a lot easier if there's a road close to it where the, where the moor fire is but generally it's it can be in the middle of the middle of you know you can have to walk miles before you get to the actual fire and then you've carrying it you're carrying a beater you might try and get some holes there, but if it's a long way, then you just never, it's never going to happen. No, uh, so you literally, so out, literally you leave out, the fire engine and you yeah, go to go it. And go out with your beater and hopefully try and beat it out. Mm. The gamekeepers have, uh, 
have little argo cats with fitted with little pumps oh, on. Yes. So they they're quite helpful in a mirror in a mirror fire situation that we can call upon maybe the gamekeeper or two, and the fire service uh, have a couple of them themselves there, uh, based mm. at local fire stations. Uh, ones at Skipton, I think. Uh, yes. So they can come out as well, and they do help help a lot in mm. carrying equipment. And as I say, having a pump on the back too. The gamekeepers have pumps on the back, so it does help a lot and make the job a little bit easier than it is. Because you can't really get... Can you not get off-road much at all then with a fire engine? Well, They're we, massive. Well, we have a four... Ours is a four before, but right. it's only four before in name, really, because, yes, it'll go it'll go a little bit off-road, but uh, it's and not... I suppose it's it's not heavy, isn't it? it? So is. I suppose it'll heavy, go so, down, yeah. yeah. So we... we Try and take it as far as we can. We have been on the moor a little bit when there was moor fires at, between the, on the uh, army ranges last uh, couple of years ago there. But in theory, you you've just got to put it on hard standing, really. So mm. yeah. I was wondering if there's um, we talk. You were talking about how the equipment's changed. Has the uniforms changed much since you started? Uh, the uniforms have have changed uh, in the in the past few years. Uh, we've got a lot better kit and. I've just heard that we are thinking about changing it again to uh, to a new a new kit as well, dedicated RTC stuff as well as uh, a dedicated fire kit. There, it's still in its trials trial uh, trialing it at the moment, uh, but hopefully that'll come through. I did see some down at the training centre, and it looked it looked good kit. Mm. But what we have is very good. You know, it's improved from what when I first started. Definitely, uh, it's it's good in a, when you're in a in a hot firehouse down at training centre, it does cover your... It covers uh, you, and you keeps, yes. keeps you from the uh, heat, yeah. No, that's that's good, yeah. yeah. So, right, I was just wondering if, the, um, if there are more health and safety rules now, people are getting a lot more strict about things. Health and safety has changed in a lot, in everything, hasn't it? Uh, everyday life. Everyone. It, it's just cropping up everywhere, isn't it? And it's no different in the fire brigade. We get bulletins that have got... Five in front of me as we speak, and uh, yeah, the lads have to read through the health and safety bulletins, sign them that they've read them, uh, and hopefully adhere to them as as much as we can. Mm. I mean, uh, health and safety is health and safety, isn't it? But you can't be risk averse if you see what I mean. As no, well. so, no, yeah, not and, job. And is there just to ask? Is there a, a fitness requirement then? There must be because it's quite a strenuous job. We do we do a fitness test once a year. Mm. Uh, in the brigade, we, we go down to Richmond, we carry out a fitness test. Uh, we've just done ours last month. So, yeah, there is a fitness uh, fitness test. And when you apply to, to join the fire brigade, there's certain criteria that you have to meet. There's a, there's a fitness test. There's a, an aptitude test. There's a, you know, there is several tests before you actually get, get in before you start. Sure. But, uh, I mean, as long as you're reasonably fit... Uh, it's it's a job that you can manage, you know. Mm. You, you know, uh, you don't have to be super Superman all the time. You know, no. you can manage it. I mean, well, with a team of people all working together, it as makes well, a yeah. difference. I mean, we have we have different people from different backgrounds. We have, you know, we have the super fit mountain bikers and and, and mm. uh, runners and everything, and then we have the less so sporty as me. <laughs> But then he'll, you, he'll you get must... away with it, and whatever you know, we but but we keep up. We, we we do we generally do a Monday night in the mm. fire station training. We've got the training equipment here, so Stu, myself, and one or two others, we come in and we we do an hour or so. 
But you must be quite fit anyway. Your job in the garage is well, a lot of lifting, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's more physical. Yes. Physical I'm job. A, I'm in a physical job anyway at work, so yeah, it does help. Are any of you, you find sort of pen pushers? Yeah, I'm trying to think. No, none of them. No, are, really. none. They no, all do no, fairly all, physical jobs. Physical yes, jobs, yeah, yeah so yeah. that's good then, yeah, isn't it? Because yeah, it would be yeah. a lot harder. You know, you've got builders, plumbers, whatever. They're all, yes, you know, all yeah, doing that sort gardeners of thing. And, yeah, they're all sort of mm. kept busy, really. And you were saying also that before there that you um, sometimes called out to, what did you say, carrying, uh, carrying, carrying people? Uh, yeah, sometimes it can be patients called that, out. Patients, patients that are support, awkward, yes. for the, uh, a little bit too awkward for the... Uh, Ambulance service to handle. Mm. We call them uh, bariatric patients, uh, or, or just an awkward lift out of out of a gully, out of a, you know. Mm. Sometimes a fell rescue get called uh, if it's a you know if it's a dif- difficult lift out of a of a ravine or a mm. or a off the moor or something like that. But generally, you know, we've we've been to a a couple of places with houses where people you know are struggling to get them downstairs, so we've had to go in and. Mm. And get them help help them downstairs, help the paramedics and the ambulance service get them out. So, so it's, and it seems to be part of not just us around here. It, it, you know, it happens. That's in everywhere. Towns and, yeah, sure. And, yeah. Well, I think it's the emergency services all uh, fortunately all work, work quite work, hand work, in hand, don't work, you? Work tend to work well together. Yeah, mm. uh, and trying to get you know better at it working together. You know, we don't meet very often. T- you know, the odd RTC you'll meet the police and the ambulance service. Yes. And, and generally we get on, you know, we have our own job, we all have our jobs to do, but we try and help each other out as much as we can. Yeah. And you obviously enjoy it, even though you feel you've been, pre- you've been press ganged into being watch manager, it's the paperwork you're not enjoying. Well, yeah, Possibly. Well, and, everybody, everybody's in the uh, same no, Nobody likes that, do no, they? No. Right, now I, I do understand that, you, um, that you're short at, at present. You've How many people have, how many... We have eight, we have eight at the moment, and we 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 have vacancies for twelve. Really, you know, we normally run at twelve, sure. uh, and one or two stations around here are struggling for numbers, Leyburn and Colburn as well. So it's not just it's not just this area, but mm. this area tends to be uh, how do you word it? it? Young families aren't coming to the area as much not as, as much as they because used of the to. price of houses and such, and lack of jobs sort of uh, you don't get many young families moving up here mm. hopefully that'll change in the future well let's and, hope so and, and get a few younger families to in the, into the villages around and that might help us out mm. so if anyone was interested then in in actually getting in touch to find out about a career with you yeah what would they who would they contact well they could con- contact me at the fire station at Reith uh, mm. or, or any of the fire stations that are requiring them like Laban Colburn or I think halls are full at the moment, but mm. I mean, if they do require any, yes. uh, I'm at the garage. If if anybody wants to catch me at Wreath Garage, uh, I'm always always available to talk to people. Okay. But there is a website uh, for the North Yorkshire Fire and Rescue, and it is www.northyorksfire.gov.uk, uh, and that's you know on a on a website. And also a returned re- retained support team on telephone number zero one six zero nine seven eight zero one five zero. Okay, so hopefully, if hopefully. someone's uh, if this is actually um, prompted someone to actually to think about it, because yeah. it's not really. I mean, you're obviously well. I would just ask then how how does it work then? Are you actually 
paid <clears> per <throat> time that you go out, or are you on a return salary? You you get uh, you get an amount what they call a retainer for being on call for the year, you know, per month. Right. Then you get your drill nights, uh, which is separate. So you have to do, you you attend mm. uh, so many. Four, four drill nights a month. Uh, you get paid for them, and then you get paid for an if you go out on an incident, you get paid hourly. Right, for that too. So, yeah, so so if anyone wants to know more about it, yeah, that's uh, where where to hit the website or get in touch with you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay, well, that's that's great. Thanks very much, Phil. Thank you a lot for talking to us today. And uh, this is Susan signing out from Inside Yorkshire.